Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Dop Differently. Jeremy Kalmanovsky with you today learning Yevamot, page Samak Zion, or 67. This is a hard page, hard page of Talmud, continuing our conversation about the eligibility of the widow of a Kohen to eat truma and of her heirs to eat truma, the sanctified food that belongs to a priest. The Mishnah near the top of our page on 67a, Bat Yisrael Sheniset La Kohen, uh, an Israelite non-Kohen woman is married to a Kohen, umet, and he dies, and he leaves her pregnant. Her, uh, her slaves, the, the Nechse Malug, the ones that she retains ownership to, or the Nechse Tzon Barzel, the one that he must return to her, uh, they cannot eat the sanctified food. Why? Because there is an, there is an ownership of those slaves that invests in the fetus. An interesting question that the Talmud would take up any number of times is whether or not a not-yet person can own property. By the way, with interesting implications, if you think about it, for our contemporary American or Western debate about uh, about abortion. Are fetuses people or not? Well, certainly if fetuses aren't people, they can't own property. But according to the Talmud, uh, even though the Talmud has a relatively liberal view of abortion, uh, they are people enough to own property, so the fetus owns a piece of the slaves, and if that's the case, the fetus cannot impart the the uh, permission or the eligibility to eat the sanctified food uh, uh, to those slaves. Shaha'ubar posel, for a fetus nullifies, nullifies what? He nullifies his pregnant mother's ability, should she be the daughter of a Kohen, but she's pregnant. He nullifies the fetus. He or she nullifies their mother's ability to return to her to the mother's own priestly homestead, household, parents' house, and eat truma because she's pregnant with another child. The enoma achil, and the fetus does not have the capacity to impart eligibility to anyone else. Divre Rabbi Yosi. That's the position of Rabbi Yosi. The consensus of the sages disagrees with him and says, Me'achar Amrulo, so they say to him, Me'achasha ha'idot alanu al bat Yisrael la Kohen. You have testified to us that this is the rule with respect to a, to an Israelite daughter who's married to a Kohen and pregnant by the Kohen. Af bat Kohen la Kohen. It's the same logic that, uh, because of an ubar, the fetus owns a portion of the slaves and the fetus cannot impart, is not enough of a person to impart truma eligibility, uh, that should be true whether both mother and father were kohanim, uh, if the if the father died and left the, the mother pregnant. Lo yochlu avadeha betruma, the, the slaves should not be able to eat truma, mitnei chelko shel ubar, because of the uh, ownership stake in that those slaves by the fetus who, as noted, is enough of a person to own the property, but not enough of a person, not enough of a Kohen person, to impart eligibility to eat truma. Find it all a little confusing? I confess that I do too. This is 
this is a, a really tight Talmudic argument, and it's, it's hard and requires some background information. The Talmud investigates what Rabbi Yossi's position for why the, the slaves of this uh, pregnant woman would not be able to eat of truma, uh, and they, they ask, is it because that she is, she is uh, not herself a Kohen, and so the baby that she's carrying in her womb is himself not a Kohen? That's a perfectly good logical, uh, logical reason. Or is it because the fetus just doesn't have enough personhood status to impart the ability to eat truma? The sage Rabba advances the first explanation, and the sage Rav Yosef advances the second uh, suggestion. Now, I want to point out one thing that's interesting in the in the argumentation. When you when you study a Talmudic text, you might ask yourself, well, where do they know these things? Do they know them because they're interpreting a Bible text? Have they a case as a matter of case law? Um, and the technical terms that they use will tell you something about where the evidence comes from. Back in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi said what he said about the, the, the ubar, the fetus, nullifying the eating of truma. And the sages respond to him and they say, Amrulo, lanu. You testified to us uh, that this is the rule. Now, testify is a specific um, technical term in the Talmud, and it means they have a statement of uh, tradition that they are swearing is the accurate transmitted tradition one generation to another. It doesn't mean that the, the sage came up with that view or he studied the Torah. He is testifying, he is reporting a traditional, past, orally passed down knowledge. And oftentimes those indicate very, very old traditions. There's a whole tractate in the Mishnah called Eduyot, testimonies, which are testimonies of the ancient traditions. And some of them are linked to the Pharisees, those pre-Rabbinic figures, who they're not really rabbis, they don't take part in our rabbinic discussions. But they are, uh, the rabbis see them as their, their predecessors. And we have one of those cases right now here today, because in the Talmud, taking up that Mishnah, uh, down, down about three quarters of the way down the page for those reading along, uh, this appears to be one of those cases. Uh, Rabbi Zakai says, Eidut Heid Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi testified this testimony. Mipi Shemaya Ve'av Kalyon. All the way back from Shemaya and Avtalion, who are these Pharisaic figures, they're mentioned in Pirkei Avot as the predecessors to Hillel and Shammai. They would have lived in the Second Temple time, uh, roughly before the turn of the Christian era. In other words, they they are really old testimony. The Hodulo and the sages uh, uh, conceded the point to him. Now, a very late rabbinical figure, Ravashi comes next. Ravashi lives in the fifth century in Babylonia, and he and he parses. That word, hodulo, they, they assented to him in a very strange and truthfully not really accurate way. Ravashi says, Mikatani vikiblu. It didn't say that they accepted it, just hodu, that they acknowledged it, meaning that, okay, it makes sense, but we don't necessarily think it's the rule. Actually, with all kavotu, uh, Ravashi of blessed memory, that's not, that's not really true. Hodulo means that they accepted the argument. And in fact, in the course of our argumentation, when Raviosi is, Raviosi is qu uh, questioned about the origin of his position about the, uh, the, the Bat uh, Yisrael married to the Kohen who can, whose, whose fetus prevents her and their household and their employees from eating truma, he simply says, Zoshamati, this one I heard, meaning I inherited, uh, an authentic and old tradition, Vizolo Shamati, I didn't hear about the case, I don't have any tradition to report, 
about the case of a Kohen daughter who was married to a uh, Kohen man. So I'll only go, I'm only going to issue the prohibition that I have on uh, legitimate and ancient authority. The overall vibe of our Talmudic text is to accept uh, Rabbi Yossi's ruling that that uh, and I think the uh, the tilt of the argument is that a fetus simply doesn't have enough personhood to impart eligibility, even though probably it's somewhat vague. But it's interesting to note that even though Rabbi Yossi says, going back to Shemayah, I've got this old tradition, he still has plenty of disagreement here on our page. Uh, and as the Tosafot point out, the consensus of the sages seems to simply disagree that fetuses cannot impart Truma eligibility. The, the consensus, the larger number of the sages, does go with uh, with the idea that a fetus can impart such eligibility. But the, the rhetoric of our passage leans towards Rabbi Yossi, the focus is on Rabbi Yossi, and later in the 12th century, Maimonides will also, in fact, rule like Rabbi Yossi against the sages. And I'll read here from Rambam's Laws of Truma, chapter 8, uh, law number 4. An Israelite girl married to a priest, Umet, and he dies, she is left pregnant, he leaves her pregnant. The, the slaves in her household cannot eat truma because of the stake that this non-person, this fetus, owns in them. Only a born person can impart eligibility to eat truma. And somebody who is not yet born cannot literally feed or impart it eligibility. All right, thanks for learning these pages with me. I'm taking a little time off, and I'll be back with you later again in Tracte Yivamot. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.